Hi, you guys. I'm Kat, and I hope you come hang out with me on Kat Sadler Now. On my weekly podcast, I continue to ask the questions. I've been interviewing people for more than 25 years now, but that doesn't mean I've found all the answers. Make sure to listen to Kat Sadler Now, wherever you get your podcasts. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, happy Tuesday. Yesterday we discussed why balance is a wasted goal. And today I'm going to share with you what I think you should try instead. But first, today's rose, bud, and thorn. My rose for today is kind of like a rose-thorn combo. And that's that I'm recording this in my car. And so it's a rose because I think that's fun. Like I think that it's fun that I can do that. And then I have that flexibility. And obviously it's a thorn because it's not ideal recording scenario, but also kind of fun. My bud is that I've been trying this lung health herb that one of you called in and recommended for me, and I am taking it three times a day and really trying to take a different route to healing my lungs. And I'm just very optimistic that it's going to help me out. And so I'm looking forward to the results. And my thorn today is also kind of a rose. So it's kind of like that another rose thorn combo. And that is that this weekend, my husband and I discovered Succession. If you have seen the show, please let me know. We need to talk about it. But I, we watched it for the first time and we just got so invested that Saturday night we stayed up until five in the morning Saturday night into Sunday morning. That's usually when we're like waking up watching this TV show. Like we were just so consumed and it was so much fun. It reminded me of like being in college. It made me feel like we were being, we're young, you know, kind of felt like we were still dating too. You know, like when you first start dating someone and you're just like really into hanging out with them and you don't want the night to end. So you just keep prolonging it. That's kind of how it felt. And also I am so tired today. Like my body is wrecked. We didn't drink a drip of alcohol, but it feels like I went on a binger. Like just like, just, I remember now why I quit doing that, if that makes sense. But also what fun, you know? All right, friends, yesterday I got on here and I told you to stop trying to find balance, but I didn't give you much in terms of where to head next. So that's what we're jumping into today. If balance isn't the goal, more accurately, if balance is in fact a myth, well, then what do we do next? And my answer for you is math. We take our desires, we add them to our circumstances, subtract our excuses, and we multiply them with a plan. I took that math thing like a little bit too far, but let's break this down a bit. Okay. So first we need to know where we are going. We do this first because we really need to create our vision for where we're going from like this very optimistic place, right? It needs to come from best case scenario. If I could have everything that I want, if nothing else mattered, what would I do? Because otherwise we're not going to get the truth, right? There's so many different ways in which we should in our life, you know, we should be a certain way or we limit ourselves because of who we think we have to be or what we think we're supposed to do. And so if we create our goals without a clear vision of our best case scenario, 
then we're oftentimes going to be over-sacrificing in the direction of our Enneagram type. So if you're a type one, you're likely going to pigeonhole yourself into a certain role because you thought you had to be good and right and perfect your whole life. Your ideal vision for who you are and where you're going might not even align with what you think you're supposed to be, right? So we're going to focus on that first. And I do this in six month increments. So where do you want to be in six months from now? Because it's close enough that you can start taking action on it today, but it's still far enough away that you can be a little bit optimistic, right? If I were to tell you to set a goal for tomorrow, you might set that goal really, really small. Six months from now, you can be realistic, but optimistic. And when we don't do this, right, when we don't set our vision first, we oftentimes over-sacrifice or we don't know where we're going. We don't know what decisions to make to get there, right? And if we set our vision second, after we look at our circumstances, we tend to kind of overly limit ourselves thinking, okay, well, I can't do that because X, Y, and Z. But this isn't the time for that. The first thing that you do is you create the vision that you think you want And then we get into our circumstances from there so that we're sacrificing less than we have to because most of us, our tendency is to give way too much in terms of sacrifice so that we can stay comfortable. Okay, so the next thing that we need to do is take into account our real life circumstances. So we've set our vision for six months from now. That vision is like best case scenario, our best case, like our dream situation for six months from today, then we can go in and talk about like what's really going on here. The first thing I want you to take into account is who you are, right? Like what are your natural ways of being? Are you a night owl? Then maybe don't set goals that force you to be a morning person. Are you an Enneagram four? Then maybe you're not going to want to set the same goals that someone who's an Enneagram seven would set. And then second, what's your environment like? Who is around you? How many children do you have? Are you married? Are you single? Do you have family that you take care of? Do you have people that you provide for? Um, Keep those, take those into account. And then what are your time constraints? You know, do you have a nine to five job? Do you have a, are you self-employed and have like an 80 hour a week job? Um, You know, what are your real life time constraints? Take those into account. And then who else is involved? Are there people that you need to talk to? People that you need to, um, get on board with you. Keep that in mind as well. Take all of that into consideration because when we don't do that and we just go in with like, here's my best case scenario, I'm going to try and implement it. Well, then what happens is that we forget to take into account that like a goal that I would have that a single person's trying to achieve versus me trying to achieve it, it's going to have completely different timelines, right? Or if I have five children Versus if I had two children, again, we're on different timelines. So we need to adjust our expectations accordingly. This does not mean that because you have five children, you can't do the things that you want to do. You just need to adjust your expectations and you might have a little bit more communication, a little bit more boundaries and a longer timeline to getting there, but that's okay, right? We're just taking it all in as data. And then we need to determine 
what are my circumstances? So we're looking at our circumstances, writing them all down. And then we need to go through with a fine tooth comb and really ask ourselves which of these are circumstances and then which of these are excuses. This is a tricky little thing and it can feel invalidating, right? If I say to you, like, that's just an excuse. First of all, I wouldn't say that to you because I think it is invalidating, but you have to be able to ask this of yourself because if you want you, I mean, if you want to stay where you are, you don't have to ask this of yourself. If you like where you are and like, it's good, you're golden. Great. Right. Keep, keep, it doesn't really matter if anything's an excuse. If you want to change, if you want to grow, if you want to find a little bit more of a happy equilibrium, then you have to be able to question your excuses because we are so good at them, right? We want excuses. It is, it's like, part of evolution. It keeps us safe. It helps us survive. It is what keeps our bloodline going (laughs) is fear-based excuses. Like if I stay in this comfortable place, then I do not need to change. And so my brain, your brain, they can come up with all kinds of reasons why we should not put ourselves into an uncomfortable position. But we need to be able to suss that out and think for ourselves and use the part of our brain that can reason and think these things through and make strategic shifts. So go through it, think through what are circumstances and what are fear-based excuses. Because when we don't do this, we stay the same. So I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story. I was journaling this morning and I was thinking back to when I was in the eighth grade When I was in the eighth grade, I had a crazy life. I was going through a really hard season of school. I was getting bullied. The people in my class just like all of a sudden flipped on me. I think I had like one bad friend who kind of told everyone not to like me and they listened. My teacher hated me. I was getting in school suspension like every other day for crazy things like going to run an errand and talking to another teacher in the hallway. I got in school suspension just really rough school life. And then at the same time at home, I had a stepfather who was addicted to crack cocaine, who was like stealing from us and all of this crazy stuff was going on. And I was trying so hard just to be good and like get through. And it just seemed like it didn't matter. It didn't matter how nice I was. People didn't like me. It didn't matter how good I was. I was still going to get in trouble. Um, and it really, really blew (laughs) quite frankly. And my mom and I decided together that I would go live with my grandparents. My grandparents lived in Florida and it was just a more stable environment for me. And so I moved in with my grandparents and you guys, I had it made like they, they were well off and they lived on a lake. They, we, I, I was growing up in a house that like before we moved into it at this time of my life, it was like going to be bulldozed. Like they were like, this isn't livable. And we were like, we'll show you. (laughs) We can live in it. So I moved from that to living with my grandparents who had this beautiful house on a lake and they used to fresh squeeze me orange juice in the morning and put it out with my vitamins. They like had my uncle teaching me art lessons. I would kayak every day after school and I had like boys that were interested in me and I made friends really quickly and I just like blossomed. I was, I went from making like C's to making straight A's. 
I got invited into this leadership program for, for students. I was just like killing it. It was just like, I had it made at that point in my life. I moved there and it was just like, everything fell together. And then one day my grandma asked me to come home before the streetlights came on at, at night. And for whatever reason, like my type seven brain was like, no, you can't put limits on me like that. Like, don't restrict me. And I went home. I went back to like a house that was close to being condemned to a crackhead in my house, to being bullied, to being in a school environment where I couldn't thrive. And all because I didn't want to be told what I could and couldn't do. So I tell you that story to say, sometimes we give ourselves less because we think we're supposed to have something a certain way, right? My attachment to freedom, my attachment to not being limited, it caused me to settle for less than I was getting under slight restriction, right? And we all do this in our own unique ways, right? Depending on your Enneagram type, you can kind of think to yourself, who have, who am I? Who have I been? And how has that caused me to settle for things that just aren't working for me? This is why we have to question our excuses. Because if someone had said to me in eighth grade, hey, maybe you're you're just limiting yourself a little bit here. Maybe you could pause and enjoy your life, enjoy what you have and question that part of you that feels like you absolutely cannot sacrifice that because maybe in fact, you're just uncomfortable with how good this feels. And there's some part of you that needs to stir it up. If you're used to living in chaos or if you're used to over-sacrificing or you're used to being on your own, then when we step outside of that, it doesn't feel comfortable. It doesn't feel natural. We start to think like something should be, we should stir this up a little bit, or we should prevent this from happening because we get really used to the things that aren't working for us. Okay. So we question our excuses and then we get clear on what's not working for you. And then you make a plan for what you will do instead. So we have the data. We know what we want. We know what our real circumstances are. We know the things we're going to try to do to trick ourselves into staying where we are. So then we have that data and then we need to make a plan. And this is where the strategy comes into play. Like, okay, what am I going to do to eliminate these obstacles? How am I going to take this step by step? you're going to want to break it down into smaller bits that are manageable and tangible. Because when we don't do this, when we don't make this manageable and tangible and actionable, we're just having a really good journaling session. This is the part that takes it from dreaming and planning and plotting and turns it into a changed life. You have to make it actionable. So let's talk about what this can look like as an example. Let's say I want to save $2,000 before the end of the year. That's not my goal, but we're going to use me as an example. And my circumstances say I'm an Enneagram 7 who likes to spend money when she's sad. And I feel, let's say, you know, we're looking at me when I was 25 and I feel like I don't have enough money to save. Well, the circumstances versus excuses, we run that through and really start to realize the story here 
is I don't have enough. And that's actually just an excuse because in this case, I maybe have plenty to save, but I'm spending it when I'm sad. So then I feel like there's not enough to save, right? There's enough to spend, but there's not enough to save. So if someone else is involved also in this situation, you're going to want to talk to somebody about it make a plan together. We're pretending like I'm 25 and I'm single and I can decide for myself. All right, then we move into our plan. So the plan is to make more money through maybe a side hustle of some kind. What can I do that I can monetize? But also how can I budget for fun spends and for saving? So turning that into that tangible plan, it's like calculate how much I'm currently spending unintentionally. So let's say that each month I was unintentionally spending $250. Then I can save $200 a month for the rest of the year by giving myself a $50 fun money budget. And then I will support myself in this process by keeping a list of other ways to cheer myself up when I'm sad and choosing to do that instead of spending money. See what I'm doing here? We're naturally creating a balance between self-care and discipline through compassionate curiosity and self-exploration. It's nurturing, realistic, and most importantly, there's no room for shame, right? Because again, it's we kind of come back to if I were to say I need $2,000 by the end of the year and I ignore the fact that I'm an emotional spender and don't make a plan for that, then I'm going to end up just emotionally spending and emotionally spending and then not seeing any change and not making any moves because I didn't deal with the problem. I didn't deal with the thing that was limiting me. So this is what we do in Brave Collective. Like I break it down in detail for you step by step by step and walk you through this process, like over the course of like five phases of workshops. So if you want to take this practice deeper and you really want to jump in and be like, I want to make this happen for myself, you should probably check out the Brave Collective. It's at thebravecollective.co and we'll link it in the show notes as well for you. But at the end of the day, we're, we're replacing balance with compassionate curiosity and a little bit of math. So today's food for thought is from Louise Hay. You've been criticizing yourself for years and it hasn't worked try approving of yourself and see what happens. As always, thank you guys so much for being here. It is such a joy to create this content for you, and I will see you tomorrow for the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.